3: Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I was a casting director for film and TV and commercials for over 30 years. I transitioned to a celebrity acting coach after I cast a film, New Jersey Drive, with executive producers Spike Lee and director Nick Gomez. I auditioned every rapper from Biggie Smalls to Tupac. I feel I have the best of both worlds. As a casting director, I know exactly what they're looking for. And as an acting coach, I can coach you to be remembered in that room. Now, I know. I know actors want to get the job. I get that. But being remembered by a casting director, that is powerful. Meditation of the day. Let's get busy. Arsenio Hall. Do you know someone who spends the majority of their time being critical about other people's progress? They never seem to have anything positive to say about anyone. They always tend to find something. Ian Van Zandt refers to them as value vampires. They try to drain you of your energy, and you need to be aware of them. Your focus must remain on your goals and you can't afford to have negative people trying to zap your energy. I will spread my positive energy to someone
3: in need. The wait is over. The shy returns May 10th on Paramount plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South side. When a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner, Lena Waithe battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner. Leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/slash the Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.
4: Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over six million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs.
0: Welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. Today is a very, very special day because I have the pleasure to introducing you to one of my dearest friends. We've known each other, I, I want to say both of us, somewhat in the embryo stages of our career. We were working and we were doing well and growing, but this is truly one of my dearest, dearest friends in this entertainment business. And I'm really proud to say that he is my friend. He was also my boss in several cases as well. For
1: a (laughs) few hours.
0: He was for some projects. But I'd like to introduce to you, put your hands together for award-winning director, producer, editor. There's so many titles. Mr. Craig Henry. Yay, Craig. Thank
1: you, Tracy. You're too sweet.
0: It's true. It's true. Craig, you are one of the nicest, genuinest people. I always tell you that in the entertainment business. I don't know how you maintain that.
1: You know, I I think that it's the only thing that you, if you don't like, I tried to be the example I wanted to see, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't like the way I was being treated overall, I tried my best to treat other people well so that it would at least I'd have a little advantage you know, at least I wasn't coming in there and being known as being a jerk, I guess.
0: No, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that. In my experience, when I met you, I had come across some very challenging personalities in terms of directors and producers. And so when I met you, and I met you, you were editing. Do you remember? With Brett Ratner? Yeah. Oh. That's how, that's when I met you. Yes. You sure it was a little Sean? I was working with um, two two brothers and a white guy, Monterio Ivy. Our office was right around the corner from the editing facility, yeah. and I met Brett first, and then I met you, and then we reconnected on the video. That's, wow! Yeah, <laughs> remember crazy. that?
1: That's crazy. That was that was a that was um you know that was a good test for me.
5: Mm.
0: You no,
1: know, if if, um, if it doesn't seem like it's going to be fun, I try to look at it as a challenge or a test. And... Um,
0: what was the test?
1: Well, I knew that, I knew that, um, first of all, it was Public Enemy. Mm. I think it was, was Public Enemy, right? Yes. It was, when yes. We were, it was yeah. Public Enemy, and they were huge. And it was a re-edit or a remake of a popular song, Louder Than a Bomb, that already had a lot of following when people already knew the song, I was familiar with it. Uh And Brett Ratner was a filmmaker in the real sense of a filmmaker, like a movie-making guy. And he wasn't approaching it in the typical way that other directors were approaching music videos. Uh So just having to um, know where the boundaries were for what was needed for me, you know, not coming into with too much of my own preconceived Uh about what a music video should be like, not being created by the fact that it was... Brett Ratner, not being intimidated by the fact that he was best friends with Leroy Cohen, not being intimidated by the fact that it was a public enemy, you know, right. like let me just sort of focus to the core of what my job is supposed to be and just kind of stay in that vibe, which is.
0: I think, well, I was going to say, um, I don't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, I was oh, going to
1: no, say, say that vibe, you know, I picked a lot of that up from you. Ah uh, what? When we well, you know, I always used to tease you for being overly optimistic and positive and you were yes. so like yes. supportive. And I used to be like, you know, I could use it. You 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 know, you could be a little more tough with me. Don't be so, you know, you you don't have to tell me it's gonna be okay. I can take it, you know. And you just <laughs> never would go there. You always would just like listen, just be true to what you're trying to do. And right finish. and everything would go right. And that's what I would do in the most difficult times.
0: Well, and I was going to say, that's so funny you said that, because I always felt like you were that person never let them see you sweat, because regardless of the chaos, you seem to be one of the most balanced and calm ones in the room. Because in filmmaking, my philosophy was always expect the unexpected. Anything can happen in production and just be prepared in that way. Yeah. You know, because the camera could fall, God forbid. But
1: yeah. You know, I, I kind of like, um, I don't know what, I, I don't really know where it came from. I, you might say a little bit, a little bit of this came from Malik and Drop Squad and those guys. Yeah. But at the very least, be decisive. I, I, I always felt like everyone, it's, everyone gets overwhelmed and I watch so many productions just sort of falter and crumble and just get progressively worse because the people in charge, the leadership, Not so much that they didn't know what to do. They were afraid to make a decision and things just got worse and worse. So I always thought, you know, the least I got to do is be able to be decisive so that people can continue to work, you know, and keep their workflow going. Interrupting their workflow is going to draw more attention to problems. So just be prepared to, should it be this color or that color? It should be that color. Should it be this size, this person, this person, that person. That's what you're kind of paid to do. That's your job. So I always, and so I don't know if it was calmness as much as it was sort of like, you know, just tackling each, you know, infantryman as it came one at a time. You know, line, right. up, next problem, next problem, next problem. Right. Yeah.
0: So as you transition or what what made you transition from editing to directing? I
1: used to be a DJ. I grew up in Queens and Jamaica. And um I always wanted to, you know, be a big New York DJ, which I never was. I was a DJ in my local neighborhood and stuff like that. When music videos really started popping off, my parents got me a, a Super VHS camera, which I used to um, shoot like my own music videos. Like I would, I would like remake like my philosophy. You know, I, I actually the camera had the ability to record something different on the audio than you did on the video, which was a really big deal then. So wow. I, was, I could lay down my philosophy and just take pictures and put that on top of it. So the whole concept of like manipulating music and then being able to manipulate pictures really appealed to me and being a DJ. So when I got to college, I just started like focusing on editing and trying to learn that aspect. And it kind of came naturally from there.
3: I
0: love the fact that I know a lot of directors who are editors and, and I feel like that helped so much in the process, uh, you know, in terms of directing. Has that helped you as well?
1: Wow. Okay. So I know, I know this, I don't know how long the show is, so I won't even, but that, of course. Well,
0: we can always call you back. Yeah, right.
1: Well, it, for a number, I'll try to net it out for a number of different reasons. It's great. Number one, it makes it easy for you to know what you've got. You don't have to overshoot. You don't have to do take after take after take after take because mm-hmm. you kind of know I'm really only going to wind up using 4.2 seconds of this to make my point. So it was easy for me to sort of keep things moving along and give the impression of getting a lot from our money. You know, editing also teaches you sort of like you see the results of all the hard work that people are putting in. So it gives you an appreciation for what it takes to, you know, to go from an idea to actually having it on the screen. It takes a lot. So you, you have some respect for the material and you try to be creative in how you put it together, knowing that they were limited. You know, mm. the worst thing an editor can do is like, well, did you shoot such and such and such? And they say, well, no, we didn't have time to get that. Well, I don't know how we're going to do this. It's like, well, oh, okay that's yeah. the talent of the editor. Yeah. you got to work with what you're given. And yeah. the great part about editing in general, like anything in this business, is it's good to have a fallback, you know, some sort of skill that you can use um, when you're not doing ideally what you want to do. It's something that you can use to sort of lure another, a, a potential employer in. Mm-hmm. Doing something for them. It could be writing. It could be editing. It could be f- shooting video. It could be taking photographs. Whatever it is. Once they know that you're a double threat, that you can kind of bring two skills to the table, like that kind of lifts you a little bit out of the pack a bit. And that's what you want to keep doing. Is kind of, I um, sort of like making yourself more and more unique and against the rest of the competition you're facing.
0: So you know, during this time where we have all been in the house um, quarantining and. Um, what what do you suggest for actors at this time to continue to nurture their craft and and not be stale and you know keep that muscle alive? What do you suggest they do?
1: I would recommend obviously as much table reading as you can do. Sort of like get friends together with scripts maybe that you respect and that you like, and try to sort of implement improv- or read through them with your own kind of take. I'm a big fan of researching your own interests. So what I mean by that is like, if you watch films and there's something you like, you write down what you like. You might not know why you like it or what specifically it is, but if you just keep taking note of what interests you, when you go back and look through that material, it starts to kind of embed in you and you start to sort of like shape a, um, a style or, uh, um, you know, in the same way a singer develops a style, you can develop a kind of a, an aesthetic that you like. Mm-hmm. So I would say that anytime actors can read through scripts that they like, it's going to remind them of the performance that was given. It's going to reinforce certain things that they think they're good at. Oh. Um, and so when they are acting in their roles, they're kind of drawing on some of those things that they experienced. And hopefully, maybe if they write at some point, they'll be able to also look at it from that perspective, having read the raw scripts of other things and seen how the actor reinterpreted or interpreted, you know, that script. So I would right. say stuff like that, a lot of reading and just trying to get a couple of people to run through some scripts and stuff.
0: That's excellent. I mean, I, now with the Zoom, I know a lot of actors who are rehearsing and doing readings. So that is some, that's a great suggestion. What is it that you look for when you're working on as a director and even with your producer head, what are some of the things that you look for with actors?
1: Hmm. Um. That's a really good question. I think a positive attitude first. It, it doesn't mean that they have to come up to me and shake my hand really fast or anything like that. Just sort of like a general a a general wanting to be there. You know. Like, yeah. You know, it could be a low energy thing. It could be a high energy thing. But just a positive reaction to the fact that we're now all colleagues and we're working together. And we're here to give you, we're here to make you the best we can. Um, Uh When I first meet an artist and they kind of expect me to kind of work through their process of letting their guard down, Uh I I prefer it not to be that way. It just means I've got to do a little more work, making them comfortable and trying to figure out a way to make them comfortable with me. But if you want to, um, if you want to be pulled into that inner circle of, So, like, when I'm making a decision what this person's going to think of it, I need to know that you're on board and that you're happy to be there and that you trust us.
0: I mean, you said, we're colleagues, like, that's different, Craig, because most, um, I know I was unique as a casting director and it was very important for me that actors were comfortable or I tried to make them comfortable to get the best out of them, right? But most directors and, I mean, yeah, directors and producers, when you get in that callback stage, they don't look at actors as colleagues. Like, there's, um, you're unique in that, um, because most directors are here and actors are somewhere around here, so it's not on an even
1: plane, um, you know. I don't know if you remember, we used to talk about this a long time ago, so, I, um, my, in, my, in my mind, my perfect production company is based on the concept of st- the stone soup story. Yeah, share that with them. So, us. so um, the concept basically, and this is a, a concept that repeats in most, most of the cultures around the world, but to me is like one of the clearest sort of allegories for how humanity is supposed to behave in a way. So the basic idea is just that a, a group of soldiers after the war are wandering through a town and they're starving and they come upon this town and the guy says, what are we going to get to eat? He says, don't worry. I have a soup stone. We're going to be fine. And gets in the middle of the town and um, he's, you know, he pulls up a table, dusts it off, and people start to gather around and ask, well, who are you? He's like, well, we're coming here. We feed villages after the war and we're going to feed you guys with our magic soup stone. And he says, now all I need is a kettle. And, uh, and some water from the well, we can get started. And then somebody says, well, I've got a kettle you can use, and I don't mind sending my son to go get the water. They get the water, they fill it. He says, puts the stone in the water. He says, now all we got to do is wait by the sea. We're all going to be eating hearty. And then another person comes, and he says, it's the best you've ever tasted. The only thing you can make it better is if you had a little bit of salt. You just throw some salt in there, and that really brings out the flavor. Somebody says, well, I've got some salt, you know, in in the cellar. I can bring that up, and somebody brings up the salt, and Mm -hmm. so on and so on. Before you know it, people are bringing carrots and onions and celery and meat, and they're hanging lanterns, and they're bringing tablecloths and blankets and their children. And before you know it, the whole village is just in in a festive mood, and they're all eating this delicious soup that they all brought together. And mm-hmm. um, you know, the guy says, "What do you, you know? What what do you call this stuff?" He says, "This is stone soup." So for me, that's what filmmaking is. Yeah. It's really about somebody setting up a camera in the middle of the room and saying, "Hey, I got this idea. Right. If you paint this that way. We can do this. If you dress this way, if you act that way, if you light it this way, if you trust me and use this sound and do." If everyone sort of does that, you get this incredible, unique result. Uh, very few things are made the way films are made, you know. So that whole concept of everybody being a colleague—that's why you can't afford to lose any elements of the soup.
0: And and it makes for a perfect soup,
1: right? <laughs> <You know>? Right, <laughs> right. And, and you have more appreciation for it because you yeah. can do it. So if you start treating people like they are somehow less valuable, you, you know, Tracy, yeah. A, the worst thing, the some people consider the PA the lowest position on the crew. I feel right. like that is the highest position on the crew. Because if you don't have PAs, everything falls apart. That's right. Everything will fall apart from the top to the bottom. You won't have sandwiches for the executives that stop by. <laughs> no <What> more. <laughs> so if everybody appreciates everybody's role, you know, um, I, I firmly believe yeah. in that.
0: And that would be nice in a perfect world. We all know that production kind of, and I always feel like the director is the captain of the ship and based on their energy and sensibility, that's how the show is going to roll. So, you know, they set the tone and not everybody has that tone, but it's refreshing for actors to know that there are directors out there like you because... I always, in working with actors, my thing is once you get on a set and you're working to be able to have a conversation with the director, right? Mm-hmm. And not lengthy conversation, but when Buster and I did Shaft, I took him, we were shooting in his apartment for the first time. So I'm like, "Buster, let's open up the refrigerator. Let's look through the drawers because the director, the set designer props, they had a perception of how you live and this is what they thought. But based on the work that we did, Buster was like, uh, well, I don't know if I would listen to those albums. They bought in all these to make, they got to make an albums for him, you know, but that's the conversation that I want actors to have. Yeah. Or, you know, if a director says, or, you know, you're in wardrobe fitting and you got skinny jeans on and you're like, my character would never wear skinny jeans because blah 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 blah.
1: But what I like about that too, and what an actor should consider, and when we talk about the way they present themselves, is that you know embody the profession yeah. that you expect. If I see an actor starting to take it very seriously, listen, I want to run this run this with you. I want to run some lines with you about such and such and such because I'm concerned. That I want to give you a few takes right. and tell me what you think about this. And just say, yeah, yeah, man, I get to you in a second. He's pulling you aside and say, listen. This is going to help me do my job better. So sometimes uh, you can snap the director out of it. They've got a yeah. lot of things going on at, at one time. And sometimes they'll appreciate that you're sort of refocusing them, you know, to, to, to something that you need to accomplish. And it'll indicate that you really care about what you're doing. Too.
0: Yeah. And it makes them feel like you care. You know, wow. sometimes I always say to actors that a casting director is a liaison between you and the director. We try to marry the two of you together. And yeah. so You know, without actors, we don't have production either, who really has. But when you venture out to certain places, like I work in L.A., and L.A. has a different casting directors are celebrities in L.A., producers are celebrities in L.A. So there's a different energy out there as opposed to New York. Where do you prefer to work?
1: Oh, boy. um, (laughs) I think I prefer television on the East Coast and and, uh, fiction work hosts. Really? Yeah, because I feel like you have more access to more toys out there. And I yeah. feel like you have a few more, you have uh, more per capita skilled craftsmen than you would on the East Coast. But on the East Coast, you have uh, risk takers. People are kind of gritty and really are passionate.
0: What would you suggest to actors in terms of, you know, we have, you're going to be working with Two Spirit alumni in class and session. And I'm, I'm excited for them to get your insight and constructive criticism. Okay. But give them some some tips, some insights that you think are important for them on their journey, whether they're aspiring actors or working actors.
1: Be aware of your voice. You know, be aware that everything that you say has great value. So choose a voice. Be, be intentional about how you're performing something or how you're running a meeting or, 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 or auditioning. Mm-hmm. Don't just... Approach it as if let me see if the talents I have will wow them, you know, have an intent like I'm gonna be upbeat and crisp Or I'm gonna almost come in here. Like I don't care You're going I, I, I'm I, just have an intention because that's the first step is starting to see that the person's working out something, you know, right? And again, I say really just I, I Find one of the shortest cuts to understanding an idea that someone has in their head is them being able to give me an example of something that's closely relative to what they want to do or or what they're trying to communicate mm-hmm. and if there's a working example of it it makes it even more valuable because it's something i can actually look at or evaluate how it's working in the space currently right. so as opposed to just saying you know if you're ever stuck with someone asking you, well how do you see playing this role or how do you see yourself in this well i don't know i was thinking maybe kind of lose kind of this you know yeah, it's a shortcut for the person to get where you want to go. That's right. You know, there's one other little thing that I always try to men- make mention when I'm asked about that type of stuff is about taking notes. Mm-hmm. You know, and when someone gives you a note, it's hard to develop a thick skin that comes with, you know, taking criticism for anything that you do. But when criticism is at its worst and you really don't agree with it, just try to figure out how you can address the note itself. So if someone says, you know. I hate the clothes you're wearing. The colors just don't work for me. And you feel like, well, I really like these colors. I really like these clothes. This is not, I totally disagree. Perhaps there's some middle ground. You know, Maybe it's changing the color and trying to stay close to the style you wanted. Or maybe it's changing the style and, and, and trying to find access to indicate the color that you want to bring in. A note should just sort of guide you to a better result. It doesn't mean you have to renovate your idea completely. And if you look at it that way, you'll be a little less sensitive when people are shooting notes at you because they trust you to deliver something. So take the note, see what's, what's making them think that way, see if you can address it, and then move on. And I think you'll find that when people see that you responded in some small way to their suggestions, it goes a really long way. Those are great points, Craig. Those
0: are really great. Thank you, and I haven't heard those. I love to be <laughs> aware of your voice. I love that. that, that's beautiful. I wanna ask you this. We live in this world of self-tape now. How do you see the changes in the audition process? Are we moving away from live auditions completely
1: and moving into a Zoom situation? Well, I would, I mean, I think yes. I don't think that that becomes the problem for, well, ultimately it becomes the problem for the actor, but it's not the actor's fault that if they're unable to convey what they're trying to do through this medium, because it's a very limiting medium. right? But I think the the fault the, uh, the responsibility lies on the casting directors and the producers to be able to identify the skills that they think that person has to to you know uh, execute the role. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's it's almost like hiring somebody. You know, it's it's your job to be able to pick through the applicants to figure who has the best skills that's going to fit the situation. That person is not going to be able to, may not be able to wow you within the confines of what they have. So if I were the actor, I wouldn't get too caught up in the limitations of the medium. I would just, you know, try to have the right presentation, be likable, and then just do the best job you can. And hopefully the people you're working with have the wisdom to appreciate, you know, what you're offering.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not casting like I used to cast before. And I think I would have had a challenging transition moving into the self tape because I was raised in the live room and you can authentically touch them and make those adjustments and things like that. So I knew that this was gonna fly by and this was the best and I'm gonna extend another invitation because we still have some other stuff to talk about. But I do wanna ask you this because I, too, believe that we are moving out of live auditions. Are, is there anything specific that actors should be aware of when you're watching that self-tape that stands out? Because now that it's self-tape and it's opened up, you could have a 1,000 people submit for one character.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> That's, that, that is difficult. First of all... Learn as much about the medium that you're using. If right. You're using Zoom, be aware of how it works so that you can, you can facilitate an easy communication with people. Understand the things that you can control, like the quality of the images that you're sending in. Making sure that you're sending, you know, high quality videos that aren't compressed, or maybe you're sending multiple multiple versions. You're sending, you know, movie files and MP4s and such and such in case. It, I think just making it easy for (laughs) you to be able to present as well as possible. It wouldn't hurt to to start to watch some videos about lighting. I studied light physics in college, among other stuff that I did. And the thing that they taught you was, I mean, this is going to sound really like in the weeds, but it's called the angle of incidence equals the angle of reflection. So basically, at the angle that something bounces at something, is the same angle it's going to come at something. So you always have to be aware of whether light is hitting you and whether Mm -hmm. Coming towards you. Whenever you don't feel like light is hitting you, and when you look at yourself and you really can't see details, you've got to change that. So you always want to work on trying to provide light, uh, so you can be seen better. Exactly. Performs better when it can be. You can see. You know. Um, you got to take it, control the things that you can. I think in a technical way that's important. Um, and then just uh, be aware of be aware of what's in the frame. That's right. And I think that's great advice just in
0: general, that, you know, just only what you can control, that's what you should be concerned about. Everything else is out of your control. And I think this is definitely a time for actors to create that space, that self-tape. Get a green screen. You can buy them on Amazon now. Do all of those things to make it quality and be able to present their talent yes. learn how to edit.
1: Why not? I am. Take some music. Put some music down take a bunch of pictures of yourself and edit those pictures, you will have a completely different opinion of the next thing you watch on television, you know, after you do something like that. You'll have a completely different appreciation.
0: I'm so happy to see you. I've missed you, man.
1: You we did. had some good times. We sure did. And you just yeah. always, I, you know, your name comes up from time to time around here and as one of the most positive. You're, you're like a gifter. And you pull out people's latent abilities. You, you spark their creativity and you encourage them to be hopeful. I love that about you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate love that. And I love the fact that we're still friends That's after right. all these years. That's yeah. Right. And we'll be back with class in session on the spirited actor podcast with me, Tracy Moore.
3: The wait is over. The shy returns May 10th on Paramount plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South side. When a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner, Lena Waithe battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit paramountplus.com slash the shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.
4: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers
0: Welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore, and you are still blessed, still blessed to have Mr. Craig Henry here. He is he is joining us. Yes, put your hands together for Craig Henry. Thank you. <laughs> they got mad love for you, Craig. <laughs> so we have our Spirited Actor alumni, Leon Amato. Hey. And we have Talisa Capri. Hey. <laughs> So we are going to read a scene, um, and uh, the late, I'm going to read the action so that you can have the complete scene. And this is written by Leanne. Mm-hmm. Um, this is called Masking It. And here we go. Ready, ladies? Mm-hmm. Okay. Interior, bathroom night. Kayla jumps as Kristen walks in on her in the bathroom. She quickly adjusts her hair.
5: You okay
0: yeah i'm
5: I'm just doing my hair give me a minute
0: Kristen notices a small ziploc bag with pills in it. she picks it up
5: well what is this
0: um for cramps Kayla pulls the bag back but Kristen snatches it back examining the pills
5: okay what are you doing? hmm Answer me. Look, I can't stop thinking about her. I mean, and, and they've been helping. You don't need these, Kay. Like, I'm here. And you're not the only one. But we, like, we have got to deal with this. <sighs> it's not the same. What's not the same? You walk around here like like you're good. I, mean, I don't get you. <sighs> I am not good, okay? Okay. but I can't let myself drown in this thing, so I'm fighting to get through it. But this, Kay, these are not going to help you, and I can't lose somebody else. These are no joke. Look, I am so mad, okay? Not a single prayer answered, so maybe I don't want to do it your way. It is not my way, okay? I don't know what else to do. Why can't you just let me help? Please. Maybe I'm the one that needs it this time.
0: Kristen puts her hand out asking for the bag. Reluctant, but Kate gives it to
5: her. I'm so tired. No.
0: Kristen hugs her as they both made it. Sing. Okay, Craig, I'm going to throw nice.
1: it to you. Nice. Wow. You guys are so talented. My goodness. I didn't have very many notes. So I I, wanted, I guess I'll focus first on Jaleesa. I love when you move. <laughs> when you're moving is when, to me, is when you like really grab my attention. So when you were messing with your hair and I would have I would have encouraged you to like arrange things on the counter or something that's not opening. Right. You know, you're trying to get the top off of something or I would just work through constantly trying to physically do something. That's it's obvious. You don't want to talk. Mm-hmm. So you're really it's taking a lot to pull you out of whatever you're messing with on the counters. And so the, the more gestures you do, the more powerful I think it will be when you finally stop and when you're shaking. You know, it's like your first time you stop moving. You know, you can tell you can really get through to really got she really got through to you. Leanne, what I love about you is you're so clear on everything when you speak, your emotions and everything comes across really clear. Um, what I would advise you to do is vary your energy output. You know, sometimes a mumble is more powerful than you know, is a straight delivery of a line. So you know, when we talk to each other, you know, sometimes we go like this and sometimes we say something in our breath, you know, sometimes we speak it. Sometimes we you do not understand me. I, just, I think if I had a little bit more variance from you, it would have made your character seem even you can you can define that character in there, you know, either being um, exasperated or um, you've dealt with this for a long time. you tied her lying to you. Like some of that stuff will come out and um, build that into it when you're not sure what to do with the character or how to say it. Feel that sort of stuff, the frustration. You're trying not to embarrass her, uh, you know, stuff like that. So um, my favorite author, Octavia Butler, uh, oh. I have her stuff written all over my office. Oh. And one of the things she wrote, I have written down is use detail to build suspense and to regulate pacing. So basically, when you're not sure what to do, give someone a detail. Or if you don't believe in what you're saying or something like that, work on doing something weird. You know, give a detail for them to lock onto and that'll help kind of bridge you through stuff.
0: Mm, that's really good. That is really great. <laughs> really great. Yeah. You guys got some really good stuff to, you know, bite your teeth into. Mm-hmm. Craig, I can't even begin to thank you. Like You're seriously. Great.
1: You guys are great. See, and again to the note. I wouldn't want to see Leanne turned into a, you know, a Robin Williams, you know. I don't I wouldn't want that. You're right. But just, I think that just that little variance will start to make her more powerful moments really powerful. Yeah, I is just like there's something about your physicality that just really works really well mm-hmm. yeah I, I love that I'm i told you here. guys
0: i told you he was the <laughs> bestest i told him before you came on
5: <laughs> yeah and he, he you really just confirmed um we had sadiq saunderson like two weeks ago and he talked about um octavia butler and that book that he recommended so it was just like a confirmation to hear you you know mention that and it was a great great like
1: adjustment. You you know what's mind blowing about Octavia is that she's so simple in her prose, but it contains yeah. so much complex emotion in what she's saying, and mm-hmm. she's able to convey a lot of different dynamics with very simple sentences, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's that's what'll get you. You realize that sometimes the power is in what you is is what you don't say. Right. That's what I always say.
0: I just want to thank. The fabulous, amazing, genuine, and lovable spirit that we had on today, Mr. Craig Henry, director, producer, editor extraordinaire. Thank you.
1: And nice meeting you guys. Thank you. This is a Zoom clap, right? This is a Zoom clap. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. So you are released, Craig.
1: All right. Thank you. All right.
0: Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. And we'll be back on the Spirited Active Podcast with me, Tracy Moore, with Give Love. And now it's time for Give Love. Stop judging other people. Just stop. Like, I spent a lot of time really practicing this, and instead of me talking about people in a negative way, I will say, in my observation, and I will be conscious of being critical to whatever decision they made, whatever choice they made, because at the end of the day, I don't want judgment on my life. I remember when I was 16 years old, I had my first boyfriend, Derek Lott. And Derek said to me, because I used to always call him every single day after school and talk about other people. I would talk about... (laughs) other people. And one day, and he was so patient and crazy today. He's a psychiatrist, but he was so patient with me. And one day he said, um, I said to him like, so how are things with us? How are things going with us? And he said, well, if you would focus on our relationship and stop being focused on other people's business, then maybe our relationship would be good. But it's not. And that was such an awakening for me at 16 because I felt like he's right. I never put any energy into our relationship because I'm so busy talking about everybody else. Stop it. Stop complaining. Stop criticizing. Stop judging. We need to focus on being the best that we can be. And if we become examples of that and just Make a conscious decision to allow people to live their lives the way they choose to live their lives and trust that in them living that life, that's for them. Stop complaining, stop judging, stop criticizing because you are wasting time and energy. Thank you for joining us on the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I look forward to our next Spirited Podcast. Thank you.
5: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.
0: Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you.